Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, and welcome to Prep Talk. I am Christina Farrell, Deputy Commissioner for External Affairs at New York City Emergency Management. And I'm Allison Panisi, and you are our listeners, and as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media, on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. Today, we are going to turn the tables and interview Omar Bourne, our outgoing press secretary. Omar has been a co-host of Prep Talk since its inception and the driving force of so many creative and innovative projects here at New York City Emergency Management over the past six and a half years. Who else would cold call former Mayor David Dinkins and get him to agree to participate in a public service campaign advising seniors how to stay cool during extreme heat? or create a winter weather PSA featuring a stand-up comedian. While Omar will be missed, we are excited to see what he does in his next chapter and to learn a little more about him today. Omar, please tell us about your path to New York City emergency management. Thank you, Christina and Allison, for having me. It feels weird being on the other side of this. Uh, so, oh, how the tables have turned. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I guess the question, did I choose emergency management or did emergency management choose me? <laughs> uh, I guess it's the former. Uh, I chose emergency management. Prior to this job, I worked in a newsroom. I had studied journalism in college and my first job post-college was at one of the local TV stations here in New York City. It was a fulfilling experience. I was able to gain valuable knowledge about the industry. So after a while, I decided that I wanted to expand my professional experience and skill set, and I started job hunting. I knew I wanted to stay in the media relations and public affairs space, you know, because that aligned with my skill set. And so I saw the opening at emergency management, and I knew that it was a job where I could be successful and grow professionally. I will admit, I didn't know much about the field of emergency management, but I understood that my skills in writing and editing and media relations would translate, and then I could learn the technical aspects of the job. So even though you were new to this field, joining us as Deputy Press Secretary in 2014, I would really love to know, how did the role itself match with your expectations um, when you first joined the agency? So I can say that it could be overwhelming just stepping into a new role, especially in government, where you guys have so many acronyms that you have to learn. And, and people love to use the jargon and the acronyms in meetings. I, I remember I started in December of 2014. And one of the first activations we had uh, was a snowstorm, obviously. It was December. And people were talking about Disney. And I'm like... What does Mickey Mouse have to do with snowstorms here in New York City? What is Disney? Come to realize that Disney is the acronym for uh, the Department of Sanitation New York. So DSNY, the Sanitation Department. So that to me was hilarious. It was like, what on earth is this Disney that people are talking about? And what does it have to do 
with snow operations. So Disney was the sanitation department. So there was a lot to learn, obviously, but, you know, there were people around me, uh, you know, Christina, Allison, Nancy, uh, and Nancy was my supervisor at the time, who really put me in situations uh, where I could have early success in my role. And so having those people allowed me to thrive, uh, you know, and I worked to my strengths in writing, producing new stories centered around emergency preparedness. You know, and those were the quick wins that gave me the confidence to understand that my skill set was valuable and that even though I might not have known the jargon and the acronyms, that I would still be able to contribute. So those experiences really helped to allay my doubts. And from there, the sky was the limit. And, you know, I developed a drive for creativity. Um, and as Christina mentioned earlier, you know, that kind of birthed some of the projects like the PSAs with the comedian working with Mayor Dinkins, you know, the comic book with Ready Girl, this podcast, et cetera. So, you know, I think being able to have people who put me in situations where I could succeed and succeed right away really helped build my confidence to where I could use my personality, I could use my skill set and be successful while still learning on the job. Well said. One thing I know within external affairs and emergency management in general, obviously it takes a team. Nobody can work 24-7, even though sometimes it feels like we're doing that. So having the team atmosphere is also helpful, you know, when people come in or in they're in a new role to get them up to speed. So I'm glad that that worked out for you. And I know over time you've been a mentor as new um new people have come into press and communications and other areas to help them. I have to say too, after all these years with the city, some of these acronyms like FIDNY for fire department, FDNY, doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess it's, uh, it's part of the package. Yeah. So you mentioned Disney and a couple other uh, items. What are some of your other most memorable moments here at New York City Emergency Management? I know you spent a lot of time in the office, but you've also spent a lot of time in the field, both in New York City and in other parts of the country. So why don't you tell us about a couple of those? Yeah, I think, you know, here in New York City and uh, when you think about just emergency management and the office in general, there was really a, a family atmosphere, you know, in terms of having a sense of camaraderie. People would take a few minutes to celebrate people's birthdays. You know, some of the guys and uh, gals we had, we played flag football together. So, you know, we worked hard and, you know, when we had the opportunity to play, you know, we played. And so I think just having that atmosphere where you could, as I said, go out, play flag football, you celebrate people's birthdays, it really gave you a sense of camaraderie, a sense of rapport, and, and it lend, lended to that family atmosphere. Uh, when I think about deployments and kind of field work, one of the most memorable experiences for me was being deployed with the urban search and rescue team in response to Hurricane Florence in North Carolina back in 2018. And it was the first time that we had deployed a press person with the team during an emergency. And I mean, that's an unforgettable experience. The, those men and women, they're heroes. And 
for me, having the opportunity to see firsthand their heroics is something that I will never forget. And just being out in the field, you know, the rain is pouring, there's torrential rain, there's high winds. Uh, being able to capture footage of those rescues was exhilarating. But the true story is this, that those men and women of USAR, they leave their families, you know, to go out and danger themselves to rescue strangers. And there is no act more selfless than that. And for me to be able to experience that in real life and to share those stories is something that I will never forget. And uh, it was funny because I think when the team saw that a press guy was going with them, you know, they were like, why? Why are we having a press guy going with us? (laughs) But I think when, you know, once I was there and really able to walk them through sharing their stories whether that was with the news media, over social media, uh, and help them to build their confidence in knowing that they're, they're rescuing people, yeah, but then to be able to feel comfortable in telling this story to other people was just was as important. It, it was an experience that I will never forget. I will say, I remember recording a couple of guest podcasts um, with um, some other individuals while you were out on assignment for that. And then you and I sending messages to each other all throughout the week and the weekend at different hours, like asking, how are you doing? Oh, everything is going great. You know, the team is wonderful. Um, You know, giving us photos and capturing it and, you know, seeing it from that perspective. And just from someone who wasn't there and and knowing that you were down there with this team and doing such tremendous work. Like I was very proud to know, like we have, you know, re- like that the USAR team was in great hands with you um, and helping them tell their story and you're continuing to do that. So even though you're departing from New York City Emergency Management, would you be able to share with our listeners what your new role will be and what new skill set you're bringing with you? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to be working for a PR firm here in the city, you know, working in media relations with communication strategy across multiple sectors. So that could include transportation, energy, public policy, land use, among a number of other sectors. And so it's going to be a similar skill set. You're going to be building relationships with media. Uh, maybe a little bit less on the emergency side, especially when it comes to <laughs> snowstorms and and heat emergencies. Uh, but I think the skill sets are definitely going to be similar and, you know, helping companies and, and different sectors just build their relationship with media and, and work with those clients to build their brands. It sounds like uh, very similar and right up your alley. I'm hoping for your sake that there's a couple less uh, 3 a.m. calls going out to our water main break or a couple less planning um, press conferences as, at a salt shed when it's below freezing, because we yeah. all know what Omar thinks about, uh, about being outside in the elements. But it sounds like a great opportunity for you. Uh, in, the cold, in the cold elements, I will say, I don't have a problem, uh, you know, being deployed, you know, during a hurricane yeah, <laughs> or in the summertime. But when we're talking about winter, any, any temperature below... 65 degrees is a no bueno for me. So, you know. That's pretty much three, <laughs> three seasons in New York. But Yeah, I know, right? I don't know how I survived this long. It's so funny because I, <laughs> I remember I joke uh, with Nancy about this all the time. 
my first ever deployment with emergency management. And as I said, I started December 1st. There was a crane incident on um, the west side. And I deployed. Uh, Nancy was there. We had a press conference. And it was bitter cold. And, you know, my eyes are just running. They're bloodshot red. My nose is running as well. I have the tissues out. I was so uncomfortable. And then I looked at Nancy. I was like, Nancy, I got to go inside. <laughs> and she was like, okay, that's fine. And so funny, I was like, she was probably thinking, how is this guy going to survive this job? <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I dreaded it. But, you know, we look back and we laugh at it. But yeah, I, I'm not one for the cold weather whatsoever. I have Caribbean blood. That's what it is. Yeah, no, understood. I, I would say that maybe your Puerto Rico deployment also stood out for you because it was probably above 65. Oh, uh, yeah. Down there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, a lot of work to do. And we, uh, we definitely saw an increase in your sweaters and your scarves during your time here. And we got you a big warm jacket, right? So I think uh, you definitely learned the lesson from that first deployment. Oh, yeah. Double scarves, even if it's only 65 degrees. Double scarves for me. Double scarves, double hat. You name it. For sure. You can always take them off. You can't add them in if you don't have them. Exactly. Right. Um, so continuing talking about uh, transition, which I'm not going to lie, is a little sad uh, for me and Allison, I have to say. What it, we know that, uh, that Omar will never be replaced, but obviously we, will, uh, we have to have a press secretary here in emergency management. So what advice do you have for your successor? Yeah, I think I'll say three things. Uh, one, don't be afraid to ask questions. And you, you both can attest to this. I ask a lot of questions and I'm not shy about seeking out the information and just asking a question if I need clarification. Um, and if I have to go back to the source, you know, I go back to the source to get the information. And in this role, you really want to fully understand the information before you share it. So never be shy about asking. Uh, and I think it goes along with, you know, the saying trust, but verify. So you always want to ask the question, but you also want to verify. And so tip number one, I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. And then tip number two, I would say prepare. In emergency management, you know, there are no, no notice emergencies like, you know, building collapses, steam pipe explosions, et cetera. And then there are what we call notice emergencies, you know, your snowstorms, your heat emergencies. So you want to plan as much as possible before, you know, the notice emergencies, I would say, but just in general where possible so that you're prepared for whatever occurs. Um, we, Allison and I would like to say on the podcast all the time, when it is not an emergency plan, it's not an option. And the same applies, I think, for your emergency communication strategy. You want to be prepared. Um, so you, will, you want to really talk to the players beforehand and, and build those relationships so that when the emergency occurs, you know who you're going to call and you have an idea of what your strategy is. So, you know, you can't plan per se for a building collapse, right? Because that could happen at any time, but you can get to know your team 
at the Department of Buildings. You can get to know your team at the fire department, the police department, so that, God forbid, if that type of an emergency occurs, you at least have a starting point in knowing who you're going to call and who you're going to coordinate with. And so that goes into preparation. And, and so, you know, for me, I never like to procrastinate. So <laughs> as much as I can plan, uh, you know, I like to plan and, and that would be the advice. And then number three, I would say is to take care of yourself because this job will get stressful, uh, as we know. Um, so you have to understand your limits. You have to listen to your body, uh, listen to yourself. The song goes out and listen to your heart. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, but you got to listen to your body. Don't try to be a hero. If you need a break, you know, let your boss know, Christina, that will be, just so you can recalibrate. If you need help, ask for it uh, because your mental well-being is going to be paramount to your success. So you want to make sure that you take care of yourself. And then I guess this would be kind of an add-on here. You know, for me, I like my personality to, to shine through. So I would say in everything that you do, try to enjoy it. Obviously, there's a part of it where you're going to be responding to emergencies and that can get difficult, but you still want your personality to, to shine through. You still want to, as much as possible, enjoy what you're doing. And for me, any way that I could incorporate my personality that, you know, you can make people smile, uh, even on the most difficult days, you know, something that I definitely try to incorporate uh, within my work experience. So those three things, take care of yourself, prepare, and don't forget to ask questions. Don't be shy about doing that. I think it's safe to say, Omar, that you've planned for your success and continue to do so in your tenure. I've seen that firsthand, um, you know, being a co-host on this podcast with you, working on a number of projects, both blue sky initiatives and even during crises. And we've often stopped to just have a laugh or just to crack a smile, you know, because we know that, you know, tomorrow is another day and, you know, having faith in ourselves, our, our colleagues and, you know, what's to come. So I certainly appreciate you sharing that advice with everyone. But as your journey at emergency management is coming to a close, I really need to know what will you miss most about New York City emergency management and working for the city of New York? I will accept you missing me and Christina the most, but I'm sure there's something else. <laughs> I would just say the people in general. Yes, I definitely will miss you, Miss Christina. I just think the people in general, because it's a family atmosphere. You guys are family. I'm not going to say you've been like family. You are family. You know, joking about calling people for information and then screening my calls. I would always say <laughs> when I would call, um, Someone else uh, in another bureau, for example, if I had to get information about a, a snowstorm or if I had to get information about what our plans were for, uh, you know, an earthquake or something along those lines, I, I would always say I would have to call people at least twice uh, because, you know, you'd call them and nobody would answer and we would joke and say that, you know, people are screening my calls because as they like to put it, when press calls is never a good thing. Uh, so, you know, just 
being able to joke about stuff like that, those inside jokes, I'm going to miss. But I would say when you're able to see tangible results from the work that you do, uh, and when you understand that you're making a difference, it makes the work even more fulfilling. So definitely uh, the people and those inside jokes, no one, I guess, will be screening my calls anymore. They'll pick up on the first call when I call now. And then just being able to understand that you can make a direct impact in other people's lives. Uh, you know, I'll miss those. So speaking of family, I know um, for almost the past year now, a lot of us have been working from home, obviously due to the pandemic. And you've had to call my home phone a lot. And so I think you've spoken to every member of my family multiple times uh, when you were trying to track me down because I know I can't screen Omar's calls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when he calls, I have to pick up. And so I think you've gotten to know, uh, know my family through those phone calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timmy knows me on a first name basis now. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Omar, what's up? I know, right? <laughs> Uh, so as we're taping this in, in February, which is Black History Month, I wanted to ask you who's been your inspiration. And also, you and I have talked a lot. And I know the events of the past year have affected you both personally and professionally. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think when you look at the civil rights movement, you know, there are a number of people that come to mind. Uh, you know, you could think of Martin Luther King and his words, when he talks about, you know, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can. And I think that's a strong reminder for us as individuals to be lights in this world. And right now, the world seems like it's filled with darkness. So, you know, what better way than to try to be that light to someone? And I will say, you know, it can be overwhelming, it can be frustrating because you know, you want to be seen and not judged based on skin color or based on preconceived notions of who black people may be. It's definitely exhausting when you look at uh, repeated injustices that are perpetuated in society. But I think I have to remember to try to do my part each day to be a light to those around me and, and in my circle of influence. Uh, to help people understand that you can't paint everyone with the same brush. So for me, it's the each one reach one effect, I guess, and just being a light to those people around me so that, you know, they can understand that you have to see each person as an individual and, and not as a race. When I look and reflect upon the events of the past year, they are disheartening. And what's frightening for me is that, you know, as a Black person, you could do everything right and probably still be subject to discrimination and the harrowing effects that could accompany it. You know, my friends and I, we, we talk and we say that there's a manual really for growing up Black or being Black. And, you know, you look at when you get pulled over, you know, what the protocol is, what you should do, remembering not to go into uh, a store with a hoodie on because you'll probably be followed. You know, just certain things that you're taught as a young, young man growing up that you should remember. And so uh, I think, 
when we think about where we are today, uh, we have to understand that we still have a long way to go in dealing with race relations in this country. And I think that has to be a shared responsibility. Can't only be on, you know, Black people to try to right the wrongs, I guess. So, you know, I, I go back to being empathetic and just taking time to know each individual. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, back when we were going into the office on a daily basis pre-pandemic, you know, when I leave emergency management or on my day off on a Sunday or a random weekend, you know, you guys know me as Omar Bourne press secretary, but someone else might just see me and see me as just another black person. And so, you know, I think we have to get to the point where we have to build relationships with each other, understand where other people are coming from and what their experiences are. And I think when you do that and when you build relationships, you'll understand that some of the stereotypes that you may have and even what's perpetuated over the airways might not necessarily be who these individuals are. So you really want to uh, be understanding and empathetic of others. So I think building those relationships and being a light uh, is something that, you know, Martin Luther King said years ago, but they still uh, hold true to this day. And then on a more, on a more local level and on, on a more personal level, I guess I should say, you know, I'd like to shout out my, <laughs> my mother and my grandmother. Um, you know, they're the ones that raised me. Uh, they are the ones that been there for me on a daily basis and have instilled the values that I hold true. Um, and so apart from just looking at the overarching theme of Black History Month and uh, the famous people, there are influences in our lives on a daily basis. And so for me, you know, my mother and my grandmother are definitely two people who have influenced me in a positive way and my older brother as well. So shout out to them. I think it's safe to say, and working with you over the last several years, that how you are personally has translated into your professional life where, you know, you come in with a smile on your face. You want to get to know the people that you're working with. You also want them to understand what our mission is and what core values should be and what they should look like. So, you know, from from me to you, you know, it's it's been such a pleasure working with you over the last several years. And I'm really going to miss being, you know, being connected with you every day and working on different projects or even just talking about what's going on in, you know, in the world and in our lives and what we're doing to make things better. So thank you. Thank you as well. I'll miss both of you. I'll miss you too. This, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to definitely miss the podcast, just, you know, the experience in general, but I, I really appreciate you guys. Speaking with Omar Bourne, Press Secretary at New York City Emergency Management, we wish you all the best of luck. Rapid Response is up next. You know the drill. But before we get into Rapid Response, Omar, you've broken out into song a number of times on Prep Talk, so I'm going to give you your last chance. Sing a couple of bars. 
<laughs> I am man, you're putting me on the spot. I don't even know. I sang I sang earlier. You so, did. So I think that might suffice. I can't I mean there's so many songs you know in my head at one time people just um you say a word and it automatically just reminds me of a song. It's funny cuz uh, people like to say my life is a musical. <laughs> so um I don't know. I will say what's on my playlist. Every day when I wake up to gain inspiration, I listen to Hillsong uh, and Elevation kind of praise and worship bands. So, you know, that's what gets my day going and get, gets me started. So maybe I'll break out in rapid response, but nothing's coming to mind right now. So, see, Omar, I thought you were going to break out and sing a little family affair for us, keeping with our our family emergency management theme. Well, from Mary J. Blige? Well, the original. <laughs> uh, are we talking about oh, a different family it? affair? No, Sly and the Family Stone is original. No, then Sly and the Family Jackson. Stone. I'm yep. old, Omar. You know that. Yeah, I don't even know that song, Christina. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're hurting my old soul. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. I will send it to you after, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that you have heard that song. So. It's okay. been sampled, Omar. Maybe I'm telling you, you know it. Cool, but I, w- I will not sing it. I will spare all your listeners because I don't need to be the guest, uh, the guest host that drops all your listeners. So I will not sing. But <laughs> if you don't know that song, you truly don't know it. You should check it out. I think you would. Okay. I think you would enjoy it if you're in a throwback type of mood. Mm-hmm. I will say also one thing that people will miss is that, um, or maybe we'll find a way to keep it going when Omar has to loop in all the public information officers from the different agencies because we have a summer heat coming or we have a snowstorm coming. Um, he's able to find a theme song to go with it, like Summer in the City. Is that what it's called? Summer in the City? Um, yeah. Feeling Hot 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 was another one. <laughs> Maybe it's cold outside. And I think it got to the point where he started getting requests, right? Yeah. He- like a YouTube uh, link on there. So we could, we were able to have a little fun while we were working all summer and now working all winter. But that I think is, you know, an example of adding a little levity and taking a a break while you're writing the seventh press release of the summer saying that it is hot once again. Yeah. And it's so funny because, and again, that's why I tell people just be yourself because there's so, not only that I get requests, but there are people who would just email me on the side and say, oh, you know, this, this brightens my day or you make me smile every time you send these. So, you know, just be yourself because you never know who you're influencing and oh, what type of positive impact you're, you're going to have. Don't be afraid to just be you. Great. You do you. That's right. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. Speaking of you, we have a couple of rapid response questions. Uh, you've been asking these for several years, so now you get to, and you've heard many, many answers over the years, so you get to maybe data mine your favorite. List one emergency item that you can't live without. If you guys know me, which you do, especially when we're in the office, there's one thing that I'm always walking around with, which I always misplace <laughs> from time to time. And that's my water and my water bottle. So I would have to say water. Yeah, I could count the amount of times that you've come over to my desk and go, have you seen my water? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. I'm surprised we didn't make that sign for you on on your door to say, "Have you seen my Have you seen Omar's water? Water." Yeah. <laughs> Reusable bottle. Probably Omar's. Yep. Last bean question mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've asked this question several times. I actually know what the answer is, so I'm going to make it a little bit more of a challenge for you. Your favorite TV show is Seinfeld. What is your favorite episode? Oh my goodness. You are correct. My favorite TV show is Seinfeld. I reference it all the time on the podcast and throughout life in general. Ah. To choose uh to choose an episode you really can. I mean, you have the little kicks, uh little Jerry Seinfeld. Um the episode where George was trying to get fired from from the Yankees. I mean, I could go on and on. There're just so many Seinfeld episodes that are just great. Best show ever. It is really great. Well, I will I'm going to give a quote to you because you're leaving. Stick a fork in me, Jerry. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh, great one. That was a good one. I can't help but think of the one when um they're on the beach and uh you know the the whale has beached itself and George is is the marine to- biologist. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's an emergency management. There's some kind of we could get some page saying, you know, beached whale with marine biologist. Um that <laughs> across our uh, our Twitter feed or something. Is Easy anyone here a marine up. biologist? <laughs> it's just so funny, man. <laughs> Easy, big fella. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so as we draw to the end of your time at emergency management and the end of this podcast, we're going to ask you to sum up your work at New York City Emergency Management in one word. I would say fulfilling. We will I will accept that. that answer. Yep. Exactly. I will accept that answer. Yes. Yeah. And can I do a shameless plug? You may. Go for it. For the listeners who, you know, if you still want to hear more, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Born Writer, and if you want to hear people's inspirational stories, I do have another podcast. My personal podcast is called The Born Connect. It's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, you name it, is there. So if you guys want to tune in and still hear me chat with other people and share their inspirational stories, The Born Connect is where you can find me and Instagram at the born writer. Very nice. We will let you have the last word since this is your podcast. Um, but I just want to say personally and professionally that it's been a pleasure. I think I dare say I've learned as much from you, especially about Barbados <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as hopefully you have learned uh, working with us. And so, you know, we want to wish you well. It's a little bittersweet, but I know it's exciting for you as you move on. And we, as I said at the top of this, um, we're really looking forward to seeing your next success and where you take it from here. So thank you for everything and stay safe. Thank you. You know, I appreciate all the work that we've done over the last six and a half years. And, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. Uh, I, I probably won't be calling you about snowstorms, but I feel like the first snowstorm or heat emergency post uh, me working here, I'm probably going to call you and be like, by the way, there's weather coming up. Make sure you have that press release ready to go. So, <laughs> uh, so I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll be calling you guys even after this. We will always take your call, Omar. 
Allison, last thoughts? Well, I would sing you a couple of bars, but I also don't want to lose any subscribers to this podcast. I think when you had told us that you were leaving, I'm pretty sure I did start singing a few bars of Please Don't Go. But um, like I said before, I think we've learned a lot from each other. Uh, You've made tremendous contributions to prep talk and to emergency management as a whole. Um, And I'll uh, I'll miss talking to you every day, but I know you're not too far, so I'll make sure to put up the bat signal for you. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Lots of love. Right back at you. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.